0: see the world from a totally different perspective ready for provocative conversation intriguing stories and inspiration then don't touch that dial welcome to the Francesca Luca show she'll give you something to talk about all week long now here's Francesca
1: hi everyone you are tuned into the Francesca Luca show and in the next hour you're going to know a little bit more than you do now so stay with me here Little housekeeping, my web address is talkwithfrancesca.com. And if you miss part of the show, you can hop on over to my iTunes page and listen there. And I would love it if you would leave a review. This show is sponsored by Antico Forno in the North End. When you will only accept the absolute best in Italian food, great service, and a super fun setting, Antico Forno is your go-to spot. I know because it also happens to be my favorite. All right, we're going to get going. Women aren't happy. No fireworks, not even a couple of sparks. No desire. Can't remember the last time you were in the mood. Nothing lighting you up. Time for a new playbook. I'm not talking here about the thing you think I'm talking about. I'm talking about low work libido. Uh Uh-huh. Let's get serious now. You do know that women are natural leaders, don't you? but they've been taught to play the game by an outdated set of rules. So, certified executive coach Randy Braun wrote a new playbook, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. The show is going to be packed with sage advice and will be wildly entertaining, so if you want to channel your inner badass, grab your favorite liquid libation and listen up. In Randy's new book, Something Major, the new playbook for women at work, Women are given the tools to discover how to play the leadership game on their own terms and win when it comes to achieving their goals. Whether it's ditching perfectionism, external validation, and the tyranny of your inner critic, or learning new tactics for owning your message, she's going to tell us about the 16 things she forbids you to say at work. Randy's a sought-after thought leader, speaker, and CEO of the women's leadership firm Something Major. She's going to give us a fresh take on one of the most tremendous challenges of our time, empowering women at work and dialing up confidence and fulfillment while dialing down burnout in the process. Thank you so much for having me. So, Randy, you say women aren't happy. That is a very blatant statement.
2: So, so tell us more. Absolutely, Francesca. So I talk to women every single day who have done everything right and things just feel kind of wrong in fact i had someone say to me you know i just have no desire i don't even remember the last time i was in the mood and francesca she wasn't talking about what you think she was talking about
1: (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm gonna i'm gonna interject before you even finish the sentence so so this morning right to let people know what's gonna be on the show you know tonight right I, i put this on and i start with you know are you not in the mood? No sparks, blah, blah, blah. You know, wh- what's interesting is it's all the men that are responding to that Facebook post. Go figure. What's that about? Anyway, all right. I have I just... no
2: idea. Yeah, but, I do. you know, it's like... <laughs> here's the thing here's the thing i just i don't have a little blue pill for women at work but this woman is not alone in having a case of low work libido and i think that we have this disconnect francesca between all these old invisible rules we've been told to play by doing everything quote unquote right and then as women are reaching these apex moments in their careers they're like looking around and being like I'm so uninspired, Um, and that's kind of what inspired me to write the book, is I want women to feel empowered to get their groove back, and I want women to feel happy at work, not just like they're clawing through in a state of constant survival. And what do you think the problem is? Yeah, I think the problem is that we've told women to play by rules that don't actually center themselves in their own lives. So we've told women to do things like, you know, be agreeable, um, do all of the work all of the time, get mentors and sponsors, take on as much work as you can. And those things aren't bad. But nobody ever told women to, wait, um, get serious about why you're such a perfectionist. Or get serious about how you can set boundaries or crack the code on your self-doubt. And I feel like so many of us are walking around with this elephant in the room of self-doubt and unhappiness and questioning our goals and questioning our habits, but not having the permission to do it. So I wrote a new playbook for women to essentially look at 10 different ways that they can start to play the game on their own terms and find their own true sense of authentic fulfillment and satisfaction.
1: So we'll talk about perfectionism a little bit because that sort of overachieving um, woman—that's very common in, in the workplace, right? Sort of that, that perfectionistic, nothing's ever good enough. Um, it 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 has an addictive quality to it. Would you say that's absolutely accurate, right? And and we, I mean that I would think that would actually stump stem not so much from um, old rules, but more where you came from, where you, you know, what you grew up with, how you were um, appreciated or not appreciated or valued. Am I wrong?
2: Now, there's tons of research about this. Um, Angela Duckworth, um, some of your listeners might be familiar with her. She wrote a book called Grit and had mm-hmm. a viral TED Talk on the, su- the subject. Mm-hmm. This is something that she studied about, the good girl curse, uh, and the fact that so many of us, Francesco, learn early on um, mm-hmm. that we are to be rewarded for being that perfect good girl. And here's the thing, that keeps us excelling until we graduate maybe from high school. Um, and then we see men completely outpace us in the workplace. And the problem with perfectionism is, number one, we're often rewarded for it as young children. Number two, we've learned the habits, young and they're sticky. But number three, it's incredibly addictive. Because what happens, Francesca, is we go to work and we have this myth in our brain that we need to be perfect. And then when we are inevitably imperfect because we're human, we double down and say, okay, the way I'm going to avoid failure next time is by being even more perfect. And we keep ourselves trapped in this vicious cycle. And it keeps us focusing on minimizing failure instead of maximizing success. And you ask me why women aren't happy? I mean, that advertises over the years. Five, 10, 20, 30 years into a career, when you're going to work every day and minimizing failure, it's exhausting. Exhausting. But, but I have to back up,
1: back you up here for a second because you talk about perfectionism and you talk about sort of the good girl curse. I don't yeah. see them as one and the same. And maybe because I'm just looking at turning the shining the light on my own life. But I'm very much very perfectionistic, or at least I was in, in the day. Mm-hmm. Not as much so now. I just don't care as much. I don't know. You get a little older, you care a little less. Um, yeah. You know. But but I have never had the good girl curse ever. So. um and not even close. If anything, you know, <laughs> I, I actually grew up. I hope my sister's not listening. I actually grew. I actually grew up um, with my parents saying, "Why can't you be more like your sister? She was the absoluter. Is still to this day the good girl." And you know she just can't help herself and you know but i love her for it it's, it's very sweet because there are times when i just so happy she's being the good girl you know when it comes when it's for me you know when it's enabling me we'll say um but but that's a little veering off here but but perfectionism i don't see it as the same as as the good girl where, where is the where are you connecting the dots there
2: Yeah, I think for, you know, one of the things I talk about in my book, Francesca, is the new playbook that I've written. It's Mm -hmm. not a prescription of, like, a one-size-fits-all. Like, I'm going to tell you ten things that are going to radically change your life. It's a buffet. And I want every woman who listens to this conversation tonight or who reads the book to, like, a big spread at a buffet, walk away with, like, one, two, three things Mm -hmm. um, that excite you to take your plate, right? Um, And so in the book, I talk about five myths of perfectionism. The good girl curse is just one of them. I find in my coaching work, Francesca, it's one of the most common things that comes up. But, you know, a few other reasons why I see other women who don't necessarily identify as a good girl um, go for that kind of perfectionistic kind of habits or tendencies is a few things. Number one, sometimes we're hiding out or we're cocooning from fear. Um, You know, Claire Wasserman, who wrote Ladies Get Paid, who's been a longtime mentor of me, of mine, she always says she's like. What I realize about my perfectionism is like I'm being hard on myself because I'm so scared of other people passing a judgment on me that it makes it easier for me to pass judgment on me. Um, or some of us feel like that if we're perfect, that we're going to be the most authentic versions of ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. But oftentimes, in our quest to be uh, perfect, um, that authenticity is often in our vulnerability and in our imperfections and we're just at a complete mismatch with that so I don't know how that's landing with you but those are a few other kind of thoughts that I have of the way I've seen perfectionism play out for so many of the women that I've coached over the years
1: mm-hmm. if you just tune in you are listening to the Francesca Lucas Show I'm speaking with Randy Braun she has written a book something major the new playbook for women at work uh, Randy so how can we be our authentic selves when, at the same time, we're trying to be perfect? We can't. We can't, exactly. So, <laughs> uh, all right, so, so give us a hint or two on the best, well, I mean, I, I think that it's, it's pretty obvious when you're, you're most authentic, you're also your most vulnerable, and I think that that can be very really hard for people, but um, would you say that that's accurate, the best way to be authentic is to be your, your most vulnerable self?
2: Well, I don't think we need to, like, I worry about that we're just moving from one extreme to another. Yeah. Um, And Mm. it's not black or white. It's about creating space to dance in the gray. And there's a story about a PR executive in my book that I tell named Carolina. Um, And Carolina got promoted. She was like this rising star, got promoted really early to this big leadership role. And she was trapped in this mindset called the loss aversion phenomenon. Are you familiar with that term, Francesca? Say it one more time the
1: loss
2: aversion phenomenon the loss of virgin aversion
1: aversion a loss aversion first i'm talking about being a, a badass now it's loss of virginity you know i don't know what do you think Quinn? Uh, <laughs> loss aversion um uh no but i can kind of you know sort of glean what i think it yeah, means but you tell a- me you tell us it's
2: a way that social scientists have studied that sometimes we make decisions um, consciously or subconsciously by prioritizing the amount of um, the amount of risk that we take on so mm-hmm. loss aversion is when we start to make decisions not to again maximize failure but to minimize any loss or any uh, failure yeah. and so what happened was Carolina's in this big role she's supposed to innovate pitch clients run teams and she was so afraid of being imperfect mm-hmm. that she was trapped in this loss aversion mindset where she was always making the safest decisions mm-hmm. finally the people who sat her down uh, p- of me the people who promoted her had to sit her down and say listen um, your in this role because we need you to take chances, we're losing business over it and you're losing credibility over it. Now, that was a tough conversation, but how lucky was she that she had a mentor who was willing to tell her that? Mm-hmm. And so slowly over time, she didn't say, I'm going to come in tomorrow and radically change my my mindset one day at a time, one call at a time, one interaction at a time, Francesca, she started giving herself permission to just take a few more what she called calculated risks. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it's about saying, I'm not going to be perfectionist anymore, or I'm going to be my most authentic self. I want you to be imperfect. I want you to be uh, uh, authentic. However, um, the bar is too high, Francesca, to ask you to just snap my fingers and make it happen. And so we can start once a day just checking ourselves I'm like, wait, where is there an opportunity to take a chance? Um, And what might I actually gain versus just what might I lose? Right. We
1: are going to take a short break. But when we come back, I would love to talk about the tyranny of your inner critic. I I, I would just tell you real quickly, um, just as a little side hobby, I I teach yoga. And I'm always saying to the students, shut down that inner critic, that over-controlling voice that's demanding that you sort of nail that pose, that you, you get it just right, um, that it, you know yoga should look a certain way. Because I think that we have, all of us have an inner critic and some more than others. So, But when we come back, I would love to talk about that st- sort of external validation um, that, that um, you know, we're looking for and that, as I said, the tyranny of the inner, uh, inner critic. So uh, marinate on that and when we come back, we will talk about it. Listeners, stay with us here. This is life, I'm Francesca and you're listening to the Francesca Luca Show on 95.9
3: WATD. Looking for a private and comfortable experience on the South Shore to have your medical spa and wellness treatments? Well, you've found the place. Rejuve Medical Spa and Wellness's nurse practitioners succeed in combining lasers, medical skin treatments, and art to give you that rejuvenated look and feel. Rejuve's practitioners will help undo skin damage from sun exposure, rid unwanted hair, and treat the signs of aging and gravity. Are you feeling stressed, experiencing hormone changes, or weight gain? You are not alone. Rejuve Medical Spa and Wellness can help you on your journey to live well and be well. Embrace the fountain of youth. Visit RejuveMA.com. to begin your journey of self-care today who doesn't go to the hair salon to
1: liven up their looks though sometimes you look worse on the way out than you did walking in you can expect something different at hair design fationa with a super modern feel that can hardly be mistaken for suburban a full-service hair salon they offer cuts color highlighting and formal design fationa is originally from Europe where she owned her own salon With an impressive following, she won't disappoint. I know because I can tell you from my own experience, I felt transformed and you will too. So if you're looking to turn a few heads, call Fatione today at 781-964-3770. Conveniently located at 834 Washington Street in Braintree, or visit her on Facebook. That number again is 781-964-3770. Call today, you'll be thrilled. I know you will.
0: Need a reliable place for your pet? Does your dog crave extra stimulation instead of social isolation? Sign up for doggy daycare at The Dog's Den in Pembroke. With two separate yards and plenty of supervision, your dog will have a ball and tug-of-war toys and plenty of new friends. The Dog's Den also specializes in grooming. Each groomer at The Dog's Den has decades of experience and will leave your furry friend refreshed and ready for their next adventure. Schedule your grooming or daycare today at thedogsdengrooming.com.
3: Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terramia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's north end. This cozy trattoria with stucco walls and beam ceiling specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisine here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. And Terramia Ristorante also offers outdoor dining. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Ristorante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. For indoor or outdoor dining, the best-kept secret is worth the trip. Terramia Ristorante. Call 617-523-3112 or visit TerramiaRistorante.com.
4: Fearless Angel Boutique in Norwell helps women everywhere feel fearless and beautiful, no matter what's going on in their lives. It's something every woman deserves, and Fearless Angel clothes help make it happen. Whether you're looking for a new outfit for a night out, or to really freshen up your wardrobe, Fearless Angel Boutique has the selection and quality to send you home in style. Sign up online at FearlessAngelBoutique.com to receive 10% off your first order. Fearless Angel Boutique, open Wednesday through Saturday 10-4pm to at 412 washington street in norwell
5: this is life,
1: it, now for more of the francesca Luca show on 95.9 watd all right we are back and you are listening to the francesca Luca show and my guest this evening is randy Braun. she is the author of something major the new playbook for women at work big welcome back to you randy thanks for joining us tonight
2: Oh, thanks again, Francesca. I'm having a blast with you.
1: So the tyranny of that inner critic and and that demanding of uh, that external validation, like we're not good enough unless everyone else thinks we are. Um, Can you talk about that a little bit?
2: yeah absolutely. I mean, I think that this is something I struggled with for such a long time. Mm-hmm. I was a full blown addict, and my drug was other people's approval. Oh gosh, um
1: yeah, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I,
2: I, I, it, that's how I feel, and, and I don't mean to be flippant to other people who have struggled with, you know, addiction to, you know, quote-unquote real drugs, but it had a grip on me yeah. um, that was so all-consuming mm-hmm. and took a really long time for me to start to understand my value on my own terms and to learn that feedback and other, what other people think of me is an important data point about me, Francesca, but it is not an immutable truth about who I am or what my value is. Well, I always say a lot
1: about them.
2: Mm, Yeah, well I always
1: say what other people think about you is none of your business Uh, But if if only I could really, you know, take that to to town and you know, because um, I mean, I think we all as humans, you know, we all want to kind of fit in We want to be part of the tribe. I think that's just human nature But um, yeah, it can be it, it can be very, very gripping and can can ruin your day And that's just just no fun. But but practically speaking, Sure. How did you, or how would you recommend that someone tackle that? You're right; it isn't. It can be an addiction, and it, it can be the horrible one because if you're always worrying about what someone else is going to think of you, or how they're viewing you, or if they're judging you, it makes it very difficult to focus on what's really important, which is is being yeah. your is is competing with yourself.
2: A hundred percent. And, you know, I think that there are two things that are popping up in my mind. The first is that we need to reframe as women what feedback is and a few truths about feedback. So, Francesca, like, you started to tell me your truths about feedback. These are mine. Like, one, feedback tells us so much more about the giver than the receiver. Mm -hmm. Two, feedback is by definition a subjective assessment accordingly. And number three, Feedback is a snapshot of a moment in time. It is not a static universal truth. So I think we need to understand what feedback is. I don't want your listeners, to start throwing away feedback. You know, as one of my clients says, Francesca, you know, some people say throw out the baby with the bathwater. Right. he says, don't throw out the bottle of wine with the cork. <sighs> I don't want us to
1: throw away
2: Oh, I would never feedback. throw out, out that, that bottle wine. of
1: wine. No. <laughs> yeah.
5: right? right? I don't want to throw
2: away feedback or wine, but I want us <laughs> to feel more empowered yeah. to receive it as data versus as an immutable truth. And then the other thing, Francesca, I would say is that so many times as women, you know, we talked about this a little bit when we talked about perfectionism, we're so conditioned to constantly remediate for our weaknesses. And instead of obsessing over our weaknesses, I want to encourage every woman out there who's listening to dedicate a fraction of the time you have obsessing over your weaknesses to obsessing over a strength you have. I love that. That is what is going to propel you forward.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just want to mention here, just as a little side note, that everyone, even anybody, first of all, I mean, judgment is just not, just not a good thing. You know, it's. I, I mean, we shouldn't be judging others. Others shouldn't be judging us. But that's, of course, in a perfect world. But But that being said, people come from their own frame of reference. You know, they come from where they come from, right? So, I mean, the bottom line is that, you know, I mean, I see things from a certain perspective because of how I grew up, how I, what experiences that I've had in my life, as has everyone else. So, you know, I mean, obviously, if, if you, you know, you're having problems with everyone all the time, for example, you know, then, then you might want to take a look at yourself. But, you know, I mean, to take every single thing to heart that people think and feel, um, or, or what they might be thinking and feeling, I think is, is actually is really, really deadly.
2: mean a hundred percent and and you know you said that like everyone comes with their own perspective and I think this really plays out at work right like we could talk about unconscious bias um but even just zooming out to workplace habits so like early in my 20s I worked at this company that really valorized overwork, and so you know I wanted to fit in I wanted to be liked I wanted to be successful and so I started doing all the things that we know are terrible habits like working constantly working on weekends saying yes to every Thing. And I was constantly praised for it. And that feedback I got told me so much about the heads of that organization, the heads of that culture, not necessarily about the quality of my work. And it took me a few years working in different organizations to realize, oh, wow, like, I've been carrying around their belief system Wait, about and productivity and success. Wait, back up a little bit with
1: success. that. I, yes. I, have to, I have to interrupt you there for a second. Be, be a little bit more explicit when you're saying that. Like, is, Explain that a little bit further. I, I want to understand that a little bit more, or maybe just take time yeah. to really digest that.
2: Of course. So like I said, you know, I was working in this environment where it was like Mm -hmm. we can all talk. We can all, I think, relate to this idea of hustle culture, this big culture that we all work in that valorizes overwork. And this place was um, what one person I used to work with described Mm -hmm. as an Ivy League sweatshop. Uh Um, They would go and get extremely high-performing young talent um, and work them to death. And um, what happened was, being young, being impressionable, wanting to be successful, I started to just play by their rules of Uh, work all the time, have no boundaries. mm -hmm. And the feedback I was getting, and um, Francesca, I think this is important, it wasn't negative feedback. It was a lot of positive feedback was you're doing amazing, you're a star. Um, The quality of my work actually wasn't that great. Like, I remember a few really big mistakes I made while I was there. But what impressed them most was the fact that I was always on, that the little green light next to my name was always on. Mm -hmm. Um, That tells me about, when I think about, you know, some of the upper management of that company that gave me that feedback, that told me about their belief system and their values about what success was and what high-performing talent meant to them. It didn't mean that a company where I was working 60 hours a week and on the road all the time was a good fit for me. I learned a lot, and I got some other great feedback along the way, but when I started to mistake their feedback as the immutable truth about what success and failure was, I started to lose myself.
1: And do you, and are you really, well, obviously you've written this book, so you really feel that women are really... Following these old rules still, and that's why they're really getting burnt out, and they're just not really into their jobs. And I mean, it's I, you know, I'm I'm not sure that I'm seeing all that with yeah. women that are working. I mean, what I do
2: is I talk to working women all day long, yeah. every single day. Yep. Um, and what I hear from too many women is that on paper, on LinkedIn, on social media, they're killing it. They're speaking at the conference. They're slaying the big project. Yawn. And too many of them, yeah, they're just hanging on for dear life. And they feel meh and kind of uninspired on their best days and totally over it. Well, maybe they're exhausted. Yeah, because we're playing by these old rules, by these old habits, where we're looking to other people for our validation, where we're performing the act of doing work and being busy all the time instead of actually being impactful. And the million-dollar question is why? What do you think, Francesca?
1: Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but um, you know, there's, there's the uh, pay difference. You know, we uh, women tend to uh, be more relationship-oriented. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a zillion reasons. There's there's many many reasons, but you know, I don't I don't have enough hands to have yeah. them, right? But I mean, there's there's a lot, and and we we want to be able to be equal to men. We want to, as I said, women are very relationship-oriented, even much more so than men, dear I say um but you know and and we i think we do um i think we do feel the need for approval more so i'm, I'm not i'm really not sure i'm really i'm not yeah. sure i don't know i've never really had that issue in my my own career i've always been um you know entrepreneurial and sort of sure. working for myself and um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'd, I'd need to throw it back in your lap, and you tell us. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think like bottom line is that it's 2023, and we still all go to a, uh, go to work in a world that was not built for and that the data shows us that like you know a colleague of mine always says you want to see what an organization cares about follow the money right we know women get paid 82 cents on the dollar as compared to men mm. that is a blended average i want to you know call out that black women get paid 67 cents on average right wow. Wow. Um, and so we are going to work in a system that was not built for us to succeed and what do we end up doing francesca we do what one of my clients calls shooting all over myself oh, That's what she calls it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? And we go by all these shoulds. Um, And what I really hope that the new playbook will empower for Ancheska women to do is to feel more empowered about what it is that you can do when you are a little more untethered from external validation or a little more crystallized on what your goals are or a little more focused on being impactful instead of just constantly being productive because those are different things. Too many of us are getting twisted. I don't. I think this could be applied
1: to our personal lives just as easily as our work oh, life. absolutely! All right, I think so. Um, I would love to talk about boundaries, but we do need to take a short break. So when we come back, that's what will be the next segment. So listeners, stay with us here. Don't go anywhere.
5: This is, life,
1: this is the Francesca Luca Show. I'm Francesca. We'll talk more in just a bit on 95.9 WATD.
0: HM Auto Detailing handles entire fleets of vehicles for local businesses, and they're ready to make your car, truck, or SUV shine like new. Do you stare at that spill from when your coffee got away? Are you sad about the bag of groceries that toppled and stained? Maybe the kids' last food fight left war wounds in your vehicle, or it just might be time for a good cleaning. Get a fresh start with HM Auto Detailing. Same day service, over 10 years experience. They even detail boats and aircraft. Call HM Auto Detailing today 781-738-3301, 781-738-3301. HM Auto Detailing, 156 Union Street in Rockland.
1: Plan a wonderful evening in Boston's north end, highlighted by one of the neighborhood's best-kept secrets, Antico Forno. Renowned as one of the world's most authentic Italian restaurants, Antico Forno provides you with an unforgettable dining experience featuring world-class, traditional Italian dishes cooked in their beautiful brick oven. Outdoor dining is now available, too. Whether seated inside or enjoying an evening under the stars, when you eat at Antico Forno, you feel like part of the family. Antico Forno is open seven days a week. See their menu and make
4: your reservation online at anticofornoboston.com. Fearless Angel Boutique in Norwell helps women everywhere feel fearless and beautiful no matter what's going on in their lives. It's something every woman deserves and Fearless Angel clothes help make it happen. Whether you're looking for a new outfit for a night out or to really freshen up your wardrobe, Fearless Angel Boutique has the selection and quality to send you home in style. Sign up online at fearlessangelboutique.com to receive 10% off your first order. Fearless Angel Boutique, open Wednesday through Saturday, 10 to 4 p.m. at 412 Washington Street in Norwell.
0: Your pets deserve the best you can give them. Dr. Judy Morgan from Naturally Healthy Pets can help. Between the book she's written, the courses she offers, and her hundreds of radio and television appearances, she has changed the lives of millions of pet owners. In fact, her goal is to change the lives of over 10 million pets by teaching pet owners worldwide how to minimize the use of chemicals, vaccinations, and poor quality processed food while using natural healing therapies. Her company, Naturally Healthy Pets, provides over 500 high quality products to enrich the lives of animals. Let Dr. Judy Morgan help you navigate the world of holistic pet care. Begin your journey by visiting drjudymorgan.com.
1: I love coffee. It's a ritual that starts my day off and brings me to that happy place of energy, productivity, and focus. If you want to feel your best, then why not feed your body the best source that you can find? That's why Life Boost Coffee was born. Visit lifeboostcoffee.com to start off your morning the way I do. I'm Francesca. You're listening to the Francesca Lucas Show on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back. Let me reintroduce my guest, Randy Braun. She is the author of Something Major, the new playbook for women at work. Welcome back, Randy. Thanks again for having me, Francesca. So, boundaries. Uh, boundaries is a, is a big word, <laughs> right? A, a big <laughs> word. It's a big word. in relationships, whether they be, you know, healthy relationships, dysfunctional relationships, work relationships, boundaries are big. I mean, people, women have a harder time with boundaries, I think, than men. I just do. Oh, 100%, 100%. agree. 100%. So let's talk about
2: that. What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like when we... When we're not respecting our boundaries, our life eventually goes off the rails. <laughs> like our boundaries are our guardrails, and I've lived this firsthand. And when when you are not adhering to your own boundaries, it's like it's like you tumble over and go over the guardrail. And I think really, you know, in our last segment, Francesca, we were talking about external validation. Before that we were talking about perfectionism. Like I really think a lot of this comes back to the fact mm. that so many of us are so much more afraid of disappointing other people than we are about disappointing ourselves. It's just it's yeah, it's it's
1: uh it's tough on women. It re- it really is. So, what's the solution?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that we need to understand why. Um, first off, like I always say to people, I'm like, we need to understand why we're doing a bad habit um, if we want to break it. You know, this is just. Human nature, psychology, we do not repeat a bad habit unless there is some reward. And I constantly see women struggling, Francesca, because they're violating their boundaries, but they're being rewarded for it, right? So, like, they are, like we talked about earlier, clawing through to get everything done, busting through their boundaries and getting the raise or getting the promotion, right? Or the reward is, you know, perhaps they fear disappointing other people more than they fear disappointing themselves. And the reward, that they're getting is likability and validation, um, and and we have to know which one of those is our kryptonite. For me, um, like both <laughs> um, for, for too much of my life. Um, and, and it's really hard, but we need to rethink the, ca- the cost calculus because so many of us are violating our boundaries day in and day out. And this is actually culminating in the burnout crisis we're seeing. Oh. Where we're seeing women say, I can't do it anymore, or our lives are falling apart. Like, I've literally had clients, Francesca, who are almost getting divorced, because they can't say no at work. And it's not that their partner isn't understanding. It's that, that they are working every night till 10, 11 o'clock at night, and they have nothing left to give to their personal stakeholders. Now, that's interesting because, because
1: I was really a little floored when I dropped my dog off at the uh, doggy daycare the other day, and I've been taking him there for a long time. And one of the girls said that, you know, she – I said, what are you going to do for Valentine's Day? And blah, blah, blah. And then she's not married anymore. And then she went on to say that it was her job that ruined her marriage. Well... You know, I'm not sure that I necessarily would agree with that no matter what, but you know that I work all these really long hours and you know But so obviously there was a boundary issue, right? And for whatever reason the marriage fell apart, but um, You do say that four four million women left the workplace and they aren't all mothers. so, So something, right, so something's happening somewhere Um, so, so let's talk about, you have 16 things that you forbid women to say at work. I don't know if we can go through all 16, but what are the... What are some of the uh, things women are... for? Why don't you start with just a
2: couple, and we'll go from there and see how Wait, far I just want get. to clarify one thing, because I don't want your listeners to hear, I need to set boundaries at work to please my spouse. Um, that no, <laughs> would be right. very patriarchal. and, and um, uh, I, well, I agree. That's why I said, oh, my
1: gosh, yeah. So that's kind
2: of deep. Yeah, I think, like, we're losing... Uh, more important to me is I think sometimes our, if for those women who are listening who might be married or partnered, mm-hmm. um, I think sometimes our partners are, uh, are the most understanding Um, But I'm actually seeing a lot of loneliness in women of, like, losing friendships that they cared about Mm -hmm. because they keep thinking, oh, next week, next quarter, next project, I'll set the boundary at work. I'll have time to get dinner with that girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And then that woman who was your best friend four years ago, you haven't seen her. And we need those relationships. We need downtime with ourselves. We need connection with other people, not just work, to actually refuel us to give the most at work so that we can crush it at work and not feel crushed in the process.
1: That's, that's a good one. Okay, so I forbid you to say. <laughs> yes. What?
2: Yeah. Um, essentially, you're mentioning this list that I have in my book of 16 things I forbid women to say at work. I just think that. Right, what page is it on? I've got the book right in front of me. <laughs> Do you know? You must know. Come um, on. I believe it's 157. I'm going to open up my copy of the book, too. Let's see. I knew it by heart the other day when I was giving a book talk. 157, 157, 156, 157. That was pretty good from memory, Francesca. I'm going to see I'm obsessing over a strength moment instead of over a weakness. Yeah, Um, yeah, crutch words. Here's the thing. We have a disconnect. Women have incredible ideas. And sometimes we have god-awful delivery of them because we are so worried about coming off as braggadocious or abrasive or, God forbid, being wrong and not having our idea accepted. And so in this list of 16, I'm not going to read them all, but some general themes, Francesca, number one, we've got to stop asking questions when we want to speak in sentences. Don't ask someone in the meeting, have we thought of this idea Present it as yours because if it's a phenomenal idea, someone else is going to take credit for it. We need to eliminate crutch words. Just actually, I wanted to uh, delete that. It is distracting from your message. And then, of course, please, my plea is to please stop saying sorry Sorry. for the delay to every email that you receive. You are allowed to take your time and write an email back more than 30 seconds or 30 minutes later
1: oh that is so funny well that's not funny at all actually uh, but it is it's really it's it's so true it is so that that women say i'm sorry so much you know oh. they, they bump into their furniture and they say i'm sorry you know <laughs> it's like they're apologizing to their work. piece of furniture i'm sorry we i'm sorry say
2: sorry when what we meant was hi excuse me thank you like I can't tell you how many times I've been just waiting in a line somewhere and someone has come up to me and said, Oh, you know, I'm with my friend. Can I jump ahead of you? And they say, so sorry. Um, my, my, my partner is up on the line. I'm so sorry. I'm going to jump ahead of you. Just ask me a question. Hey, that's actually my partner up ahead. Do you mind if I run up ahead and catch up with that person? Mm-hmm. It's not hard. We need to just even practice this sorry language outside of work because it's such a crutch word that it is, like, glued inside of our mouth, and we need to, like, dislodge it.
1: Now, what about this word, actually? I
2: use that word all the time. Actually. <laughs> actually. 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 Um, it's, it's a hedge oftentimes. is mm. well... Actually, it, see, it changes the tenor. Yeah. Just consider what the sentence sounds like when you remove it. And and Francesca, I knew you and I were kindred spirits. That <laughs> actually was my kryptonite crutch word. Yeah, I do it use an a lot of intervention to me on.
1: To be honest with you, that's my favorite. To be honest with you. So, no, lie to me. No, really, lie to me. <laughs> right, right? Wait, what, but so I do say that as a hedge. I said that to a friend the other day because I was trying to figure out a way to soften. What I was about to uh, deliver because I knew it was going to be a little bit of a blow, but um, I said, "Um, "To be honest with you, um, that that's not exactly the way I heard you say it." But what? Yeah. What? In reality, it was like what I really wanted to say is that's not what you said at all. (laughs) That's that's how I I really. But I don't don't think I should. But I think there's probably a middle ground between that. And, right, and, and but it was just getting irritating. I was just getting irritated,
2: and, um, yeah, so, but I was trying to so soften it. But so like, to that end, sometimes we just have to blurt, and that doesn't mean blurting, I was so pissed off when you said that thing, but what it could have, what another kind of, you said the middle ground, could have looked like was, I really trust our friendship. Can we have a tough conversation? Oh, uh, that sounds so airy-fairy. <laughs> I
1: actually I I don't think so. I think right. it's very I'm just direct. telling you what like, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I and always you know think what? it's sort of like it reminds me of what's her name there? And I think she's very good. Brene Brene, you know who I'm talking about. Brene Brown. Of. Oh yeah. Yeah, Brene. She's Brown. yeah, Miss Vulnerability or Mrs. Vulnerability or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, and, and she's got some really great points. But I think that when we When we say that, it starts to put, like, the person... To me, it seems like it puts the person on edge.
4: Like, if I said that,
1: if somebody said that to me, it might make me feel a little uncomfortable. Like,
2: oh, okay, what? So tell me that one. How do you think they feel when you say, can I be honest with you? The hairs at the back of her neck were definitely standing up in that moment, too. All right. So, okay, so tell me that one what time. What do we want to say? (laughs) Yeah, I, I... I really trust our relationship. Can we have a tough conversation? Yeah, I like
1: that. I suppose I'll give that one a try. I mean, I love these kinds of books. It reminds me of uh, uh, um, of this woman. Her name, oh, I can't remember now. Valerie something or other. She was on my show a zillion years ago. She wrote a book called Thoughtfully Ruthless. (laughs) <laughs> and she had a, you'd love the book. I, I just have a feeling you would. I feel like I would. You would. You because it's like, yeah. it, you know what I love? Books like yours, like hers, like yours, that, that, like they like, they say it. Just say this, say that. And, like, you have actual things that you can say, learn, practice. I think it right. makes it, it almost makes it easier. I love that. Like, tell it like 100%. it is, rather than all the, you know, like, instead of in so many books, is like all these theories, right? But it's just like, no, use this when this comes up. and Or try thank that. You. Try this.
2: I like Francesca, that. Thank you for seeing me. Right? I'm going to get Brene Brown on you. Like, thank you for seeing me. Because... <laughs> We call this a playbook for a reason. Like, there are real tools in here. There are real things that you can do. I think that so many times we talk about things like, you know, perfectionism or we talk about, you know, our insecurity and we analyze it to death. Women need more than analysis. We need tools, and nobody, mm-hmm. this is what the new rules are all about. No one has taught us. It's not just okay to do different things, but hey, here are some things that actually work. Like right. Instead of saying sorry, here are a few other things you can do. You can say, thanks for your patience if you arrive late to the meeting, mm-hmm. instead of just, I'm sorry, I'm late. If you're writing the email back a day later, you don't have to say anything at all. You can just respond to the email. Like, that's totally fine. Okay, we, we say sorry when we don't email back instantaneously. It's actually bizarre. Me, I, I, we are gonna take
1: a short break um, and, and I want to be able to talk about um your self-care myths because I think that's an mm. important thing um towards you know in our last segment um but I'm just uh, I'm just wondering um well let me ask you since it is our last segment is is that the the last thing that you would like to talk about on the the show tonight or is there something that you is more pressing that you want to get out to our listeners? No. Let's talk about the self care mess uh, They're a great place to end. All right. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, self care don't go away.
5: This is Life don't miss it.
1: More of the Francesca Luca Show coming right
3: up on 95.9 WATD. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terramia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy trotteria, with stucco walls and beam ceiling, specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisine here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. And Terramia Ristorante also offers outdoor dining. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Ristorante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing. And best of all, it's reasonably priced. For indoor or outdoor dining, the best-kept secret is worth the trip. Terramia Ristorante. Call 617-523-3112 or visit teramiaristorante.com. Who doesn't go to the hair salon to
1: liven up their looks? Though sometimes you look worse on the way out than you did walking in. You can expect something different at Hair Design Fationa. With a super modern feel that can hardly be mistaken for suburban, a full-service hair salon, they offer cuts, color, highlighting, and formal design. Fatiana is originally from Europe where she owned her own salon. With an impressive following, she won't disappoint. I know because I can tell you from my own experience, I felt transformed and you will too. So if you're looking to turn a few heads, call Fation today at 781-964-3770. Conveniently located at 834 Washington Street in Praintree or visit her on Facebook. That number again is 781-964-3770. Call today, you'll be thrilled. I know you will.
0: Need a reliable place for your pet? Does your dog crave extra stimulation instead of social isolation? Sign up for doggy daycare at The Dog's Den in Pembroke. With two separate yards and plenty of supervision, your dog will have a ball and tug-of-war toys and plenty of new friends. The Dog's Den also specializes in grooming. Each groomer at The Dog's Den has decades of experience and will leave your furry friend refreshed and ready for their next adventure. Schedule your grooming or daycare today at thedogsdengrooming.com.
3: Looking for a private and comfortable experience on the South Shore to have your medical spa and wellness treatments? Well, you've found the place. Rejuve Medical Spa and Wellness's nurse practitioners succeed in combining lasers, medical skin treatments, and art to give you that rejuvenated look and feel. Rejuve's practitioners will help undo skin damage from sun exposure, rid unwanted hair, and treat the signs of aging and gravity. Are you feeling stressed, experiencing hormone changes, or weight gain? You are not alone. Rejuve Medical Spa and Wellness can help you on your journey to live well and be well. Embrace the fountain of youth. Visit rejuvema.com. Calm, to begin your journey of self-care today
5: this is life, miss
1: you're listening to the Francesca Luca show the talk continues on 95.9 WATD all right we are back and we've covered so much in such a short period of time Hope you've been listening to the whole show. If not, you can hop on over to my iTunes page and download the show there. My guest tonight is uh, uh, Randy Braun. She is the author of Something Major: The New Playbook for Women at Work. Uh, all right, so Randy, last last segment here. How do we take care of ourselves?
2: Yeah. So okay. Francesca, we first have to acknowledge it's hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we talked a little bit about this hustle culture. We work in these environments that valorize, overwork. But the thing that's been most concerning to me over the years um, is that I see women tend to get trapped in what I call these self-care myths. And they stories that we're telling ourselves about self-care that are keeping us at distance from actually pursuing it. So here's an example I often hear. One is what I call the myth of indulgence, and it sounds like this. Oh, you know, I do do self-care, but it should be saved for a spa day or when I can take a vacation this summer. Not true. We need to remember self-care is a conduit to our performance. Francesca, if this was anything else in our lives, we would call it science. Matter doesn't move without energy. It's like we've all heard that, you know, trite, you know, example of, like, you can't move forward on an empty gas tank. But it's actually true. Like, no matter how much you shame the car for, move, for not moving, it's not moving. And we have to remember that taking care of ourselves is truly a conduit to our performance, not an indulgence. And the other one that I just want to shout out, you know, there's five, but I'll just flag one that's really concerning for me, is the myth of, oh, it's just this season of life. And it's this myth that we tell ourselves, oh, I just have to get through this week, this quarter, this project, summer vacation, and boom, I'll have time. Here's the thing, Francesca. The biggest statistical predictor of how busy you're going to be two weeks or two months from now is how busy you are this week. And so when we tell ourselves this, we push it off till later, and later never comes. We only get more stressed out in the process. So right. there are three others, but those are two that are just on the top of my mind today. Okay. Well, I have a question. I'm gonna.
1: We have five minutes left, but this is a big one because I think <clears throat> that women, especially um do this you talked about you know not getting back to someone's email you know answering someone's email right away well text is even bigger right and there's this 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 mindset like you've got to get back to someone and because if you don't get back to them right away well what's wrong right well what happens if you just don't want to maybe you need to sort of well no and not because you just don't feel like it or you feel like being a crab apple or something but maybe yeah. maybe that you know you want to process something that someone is doing or saying that might might make you think that you want to well not make you think that as I said you might want to process you know what I mean yeah. it could be anything it could be anything someone's asking you a question and you know it's like a lot to consider and you, you want to think about it overnight How, you know did you say you know let me give this some thought or you know, and I'll get back to you. Or what? What would be something? Because I think That's that the so first thing people always say is, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't get back to you." Just you know, yeah. uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh. It
2: gets old. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the tools that I talk about in the book for setting boundaries, because we don't want people to hear this interview and think that I condone going dark on people You're or ghosting, swapping, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. No. No. Seriously. Like. My issue is that women are overperforming and they're overfunctioning, and it's like that moment with your computer if you've ever had that, where like it gets really hot and loud and makes the sound of like a turbojet airplane taking off <laughs> because you have all the tabs open. I think that's how so many of us are working through our work world, like we're overfunctioning, um, and it's about bringing us back to a more centered place, not becoming slackers or going dark on people um, and just ghosting. But I think in a situation like that, one of my favorite tools that I talk about in the book in the boundaries. Chapter is by saying no or creating distance by channeling the golden rule of improv, which is yes and. Um, nice. Which you could say, you know, the equivalent of that in an email or a text from someone is to say, hey, wanted to let you know that I got your message, and I will loop around with you, insert this weekend, next week, and then you know, a warm sign off, talk to you soon. In a meeting, when someone's asking you to do something that you're just like, oh my God, I can't take on one more project. I don't have the bandwidth, one of my favorite ways to use the S and is to say, yes, I would love to help with this initiative. And can we sit down next week and talk about what your strategic priorities and vision are for the next six months? Because I want to make sure that we're aligned and I'm putting bandwidth and resources behind the things that are the most important. Or Yes, I'd be happy to help with this, and I have a really big deadline on Friday, so I will turn to it first thing on Monday morning. Yes, and co-designs and collaborates with our stakeholders, but is also really effective in setting boundaries in a super non-confrontational way.
1: It sounds so good.
2: (laughs) Yes, and I like that. Yes, and. And
1: I've heard.
3: And I've heard.
2: It's It's so simple and it's like life-changing because it's so much more comfortable than saying no and it's inherently not combative, not aggressive.
1: Right, right. No, I hear you. All right, Randy, we are out of time. I do want to make sure that our listeners have a place to find you. So tell us, how do they get a hold of you? Do you teach classes, have workshops?
2: Yes. Thank you. Um, A few places to find me. Number one, my website, somethingmajorcoaching.com. You can also learn more about the book there. And then you can find me on social. I'm Randy with an I, Braun on LinkedIn. And I'm somethingmajorcoaching on Instagram and TikTok. Francesca, this has been incredible. Yes. And yes. Thank (laughs) you for an awesome conversation. (laughs) Thank you, Randy. Have a great night.
1: You too. All right. We've got to wrap things up and say goodnight. Hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. See you next week. Same time, same place. Make it a great week.
5: What if you took the time to really soak it in? Because someday you're going to wish you did. Like a September morning. Like snow without a warning. Like how the summer feels upon your skin.